I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Tuesday. I'm actually really happy that I was able to do, I can um, do this episode today because today is also the start of my sleep challenge. So for everyone who registered, I'm really excited because at 4pm PST, I'm going to go live again in the Facebook group to talk about you know the topic of well, day one of the challenge, which I will not say here, um, but I'll be talking about it later on. So today's Lifestyle Tuesday, um, and if you're listening to the podcast, it's about choosing exercise, which is aligned to your menstrual cycle. And I wanted to talk about this topic because I feel like exercise is one of those things where women are just like, they're kind of like just following trends or, um, you know, or following their friends. That's what I think. Um, and, you know, I have been, you know, in that boat too. Like, I totally understand where you're coming from if you are in that same boat. Um, you know, like, it can be quite hard to differentiate what exercise works for you and what doesn't. Also, it can be really hard to understand the science, you know, behind it. Like, you know, all kinds of exercise, they will have experts coming out, right, to talk about, like, the benefits of high-intensity uh, interval training. The benefits of spinning, the benefits of like boot camp, the benefits of like orange theory. Um, and so there are a lot of things that we have to bear in mind. And uh, we also have to bear in mind not only the research that's been done, um, who is actually saying this is beneficial to everyone. And also we have to always bear in mind how our menstrual cycle works. Okay, because we as women, we operate differently from men. And I think this is something that I want to touch on more, a lot more in the weeks to come. Um, and so today we'll just be talking about exercise. And also, I think I got some questions um, earlier, so I will go ahead and answer them later on. Um, but so for now, let's talk about the menstrual cycle, okay? In order for you to understand, okay, what kind of exercise to choose in different phases of the menstrual cycle, we need to understand how it works. So basically, um, you know, it comes... The cycle consists of two main phases, follicular, um, you know, like the end of your menstruation up to ovulation, right? And then the second phase is um, when you stop ovulating up to the start of, of your menstruation, which is basically the follicular and the luteal accordingly. So let's just start with like, okay, the end of menstruation, right? So when you end your bleeding, um, usually it's like, you know, maybe like day seven, day eight, depending on how long your period is. Um, and it starts with like the follicular growth. And follicular growth, this is when, you know, our hormones are starting to rise, like estrogen, for example. Estrogen is starting to rise. It's starting to build up the lining again. 
Um, and it's also signaling to your brain to release like FSH to prepare a, a follicle to be stimulated, you know, to rupture during ovulation. And um, so estrogen is starting to rise, testosterone is starting to rise too. And usually in the follicular phase, um, you will start to sense a lot of energy. And, you know, energy is building up. Think about this phase as like planting new seeds, planting intentions, you know, just like you do, like you would do every day or every month um, or every year, for example. Um, and so your energy will start to rise and this would kind of coincide with your body's ability to do endurance activities. So, you know, if you want to do like cardio, for example, this is, would be a really good time to do it. So like cycling or spinning or um, any kind of long distance things, this will be a really good time to do that because your body is kind of gearing up. Um, your cardiovascular system is working well. Um, and also, you know, um, if you are just starting out and if your hormones are imbalanced, you really want to keep this to like a minimum of like, you know, 10 minutes, but to a maximum of like 30 minutes, for example. Because any other, any longer than that, any longer than 30 minutes, it will mean that your body's going into kind of like a hyperdrive and it's actually um, instead of using glucose as fuel because it runs out after 30 minutes, your body actually turns to your adrenal glands for fuel um, and this would increase your cortisol levels a lot more. So if you're someone who is suffering from adrenal issues or if you have low cortisol or even if you have a thyroid problem, really be mindful of how you're starting out to exercise because going too much at you know, in the beginning, usually will lead you to go into burnout anyways. So that is the follicular phase. So you want to start slow, you know, up to a maximum of 30 minutes, do some endurance work and do it like, you know, maybe like two to three times a week. Just really start it slow. And then, um, you know, going on to the next phase, which is the ovulation phase, sort of like the ovulating area, um, you will start to really see like an increase in energy, um, your body is like, you know, looking to do even more exercise, like more intense exercise. So this will be a really good time to do your HIIT, all of your like, you know, your, um, what do they call that? Like, oh, I used to do it where you kind of like mix in the HIIT and the strength training at the same time. I forgot what it's called, but basically, yeah, you can do like, you know, little intense bursts of activity and then you rest. Oh, Tabata. So you can do Tabata. For that, you can increase your strength training a lot more because your testosterone is peaking, your estrogen is peaking, you know, everything about your body is like making you feel good because your body is priming yourself for intercourse, right? Um, it's trying to attract a mate. And also at this time, your body is very um, sensitive to insulin. So it basically, it can use up a lot more glucose and, um, you know, you won't be able, you won't really gain a lot of so-called fat. In this time because your body's kind of rapidly using it up for activity so you really want to take note of this hormonal changes take uh, you know take the opportunity to go and do all your high intensity stuff because that will really help you and I've noticed this in my life too I've I recently I told my husband that you know like I feel like I have been noticing a shift in my energy really really um, you know, like really uh, intensive, or I, I should say really uh, transformative. Um, so for example, like in my ovulation phase, which is maybe like a week ago or two weeks ago, um, 
I'm very sociable. I want to go out with all my friends. I want to do like long hikes, right? Like I did like a really aggressive hike, for example, like a 10 hour one, uh, including like a peak summit. And that was fine. My body was great. I felt good. I was like riding high and alive. And this week, I just feel so tired and my energy is really low. And all I want to do is just go on my yoga mat and stretch and do some breathing, go for, you know, morning walks. Nothing too, nothing too crazy, no sweating or anything, um, especially no going hard or any jumps or anything. Um, because I know myself and in my luteal phase, I tend to slow down a lot, especially once the progesterone is rising and my estrogen and testosterone is dropping. And this is also a time where I know that I'm in my second half of my luteal phase and my period is probably going to come soon. Okay, so this is like, you know, after ovulation, your luteal phase, this is when um, the first half, you know, you're still kind of riding the high of ovulation, right? You're like, you still have like a lot of energy happening. You might be able to squeeze in a little bit more days of like some high intensity workout. But then after that, um, you know, you might see a tanking in your energy levels or your hormones. Um, and this is, you know, just basically because your body is preparing for a possible implantation after ovulation has happened, right? Your body doesn't know like if a sperm has entered or not. It's kind of timing for it. Um, everything is kind of being, you know, maintained. And progesterone is a calming hormone by itself. Like estrogen is usually like the stimulating, like go get a girl kind of hormone. But progesterone is like the yin, like zen. Okay, just always sleep and rest and zenning kind of hormone. And um, this is also why during the luteal phase and the menstrual phase, uh, we tend to face a lot more of that. And also, if you notice that I tend to speak a little bit more slower today, and also I do, I am having trouble finding words today, it's also because I'm in a certain part of my face that I know um, I do have a little bit of trouble stringing words together. And this usually happens um, during the second half of my luteal phase, which I am right now. Um, if you listen to like you know my previous episodes, especially when I'm in like my ovulation phase, like I'm always I'm like go go go, like I talk about everything, you know, at once. And so I think attuning to the phases of the menstrual cycle and also knowing where your hormones are at and your energy levels are at will really take the pressure off yourself. Like how many times have you thought to yourself that okay? you know, I need to do a certain program. Let's say you bought a program from like an online trainer, for example, right? Like that trainer is going to give you a program, but not necessarily according to your menstrual cycle. So you feel like you have to do all of this strength training all the time or all this intensive work all the time for like, you know, like every single week of the month. And that does not make sense. Like if you're bleeding and if you have painful cramps, like why on earth would you still try to stick to this program and try to get you know your workout done like you probably will not be able to do your spinning class as well or you know any kind of intensive workout as well as you did like two weeks before so you know give yourself grace like we operate on an infradian rhythm and infradian means a monthly cycle okay so men usually operate on a 24-hour cycle, which is like, you know, like a circadian rhythm, basically. So that's why, you know, a lot of the trends or the workout um, activities that are being portrayed as like great, for example, like intermittent fasting is also another one. Like a lot of studies have come out about the benefits of that. And it's usually based on men. Like I read that, you know, out of like 
maybe 6 million of the population that they serve it, only like 10% or less than that are women. And, you know, women in the reproductive age is even, is, is even more significant because, you know, we are in a stage where we um, have to take care of ourselves in order for us to be fertile, especially if we want to try to have kids. So, you know, messing up your hormones and dysregulating your adrenals is not going to help you. And of course, this would be very differently. If you are someone here who are, who's already like in your menopausal years or, you know, perimenopausal years, um, you might be able to handle more different kind of exercises at different stages of your cycle because for you, you're not, you know, menstruating regularly anymore. Like your periods are lessening. And so that can also uh, provide a shift in hormones as well. So I'm really talking about people who are in their reproductive years, like menstruating women. Um, and so, you know, choosing the exercise that is aligned to your cycle really, really helps. Because I said, you know, for number one, it really takes off the pressure of yourself. You don't have to think about yourself as like a slacker or like you're not doing the best that you can. Because I want to tell you right now, you are not a slacker and you're not lazy. This is your biochemistry. This is your biological um, progress that is happening, okay? So you really want to take note of that and, you know, just observe what phase you're in, okay? Be flexible if you are in your ovulation phase but for some reason you really don't feel like doing some kind of intensive work then don't like like who is making up all these rules right like this is just you being intuitive and just listening to your body like i think this is the really most profound thing about healing and balancing your own hormones naturally is being intuitive and knowing what your body needs instead of always listening to like so much information on social media or anywhere else you can find information on. So I will also be linking, um, you know, resources from Alisa VT. And if you don't know her, she is the best author of Woman Code and also this book, In the Flow. So I got a lot of info, you know, about syncing our lives to the menstrual cycle from this book. And this is amazing because she talks about her flow syncing method, which is basically she aligns her life to her menstrual cycle rather than the other way around, you know, so that, you know, she aligns like her socializing period, especially during her ovulation phase. Obviously, if you can, you know, if you can arrange that, if you can be flexible, that would be the best. Um, she gives you tools on, you know, how to exercise according to your menstrual cycle, um, you know, all kinds of things like how to reduce stress and whatever, like she goes into a lot of depth about um, the biochemistry behind it and also like tools you can use to harness um, to align with your menstrual cycle more. So definitely check out her book um, and I'm also going to paste a link later on. Um, actually, I might do it now. So it's actually a link to her interview with Duru Purohit on the Broken Brain podcast. And it's amazing. That's a podcast episode that totally talks about like everything I'm talking about today and more. Um, and it also teaches you how to actually, um, you know, be in alignment with your cycle. So that is basically how you choose exercise according to your cycle. So okay. So I talked about the follicular and the ovulation phase. Uh, now we're going to be talking about the luteal and the menstrual phase, right? So I said before that in the luteal phase, you know, um, your hormones tend to tank. It slowly tends to lower, um, especially when your menstruation is coming on. And this is when we want to shift all our exercises to like slower walks, to Pilates, to bar. 
um, to like gentle yoga, for example, especially if you're in a period, you know, you really want to check out like yin yoga or restorative yoga because that is going to really help you get your blood circulation going, but also not to put strain on your body. Um, I also want to say that, you know, you're usually the second half of your cycle, you're not going to be able to gain or build a lot of muscle mass anyway, because your body is not as sensitive to insulin anymore. And usually that is also the problem, right? Because the second half of the phase is when we have a lot of sugar cravings, and this is when we should be insulin sensitive. But a lot of us, like, you know, we tend to crave a lot more sugar, and this is because your body is not as sensitive to the insulin, um, and the energy levels are dropping, so your body is craving more glucose, you know, it's more craving more kind of carbs, for example. And this makes total sense when we think about like PMS, for example. So you really want to be looking at that. Um, you know, your exercise can really help you to feel better. Um, you know, just don't go hard, take it easy on yourself, be flexible, find what works for you. Um, because our exercise definitely affects our hormones too. Um, and, th and those of you, you know, who have PCOS or you're looking for like weight loss, um, or if you're actually looking to regulate your periods, think about how much you're eating and how much you're exercising. So a lot of times the equation is too much exercise and not enough eating. We actually need a lot of calories to get through the day, especially if you think about it, like you're always thinking and you're always absorbing information. Your brain is actually using up a lot of the glucose unless you are like, you know, on a keto diet. But the brain actually uses a lot of glucose, um, you know, to process the information and help you to like filter out what is important and what is not important. Um, and if you're really stressed out from work and you're always go, 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 that is going to be taking up a lot of your glucose and your energy, um, energy storage, like energy, um, what do you call that? Like energy pool. So you really want to be eating in order to uh, replace that. Okay, so I think I've talked a lot about that already, like the fundamentals of the menstrual cycle um, and what kind of exercise to choose at different phases. Um, I want to get to a question. Let me see. So I think Renata in the Facebook group, she asked, she said, I love walking as my main exercise, but struggling with feeling like it's not enough. Is there such a thing as not enough exercise? Do you have any suggestions of how to have a healthier relationship with exercise without going to the extremes? Also, do you have any tips for people who don't like going to a gym like me? Okay, great questions, and I thank you so much for asking them. So the first one is, is there such a thing as not enough exercise? Because you love walking, but you struggle with feeling like it's not enough. So I would say that, you know, there is a such a thing as not enough exercise. Because that would mean sedentary individuals, you know, people who just sit at home all day. Um, you know, working from home is a lot of chronic sitting. So definitely there is such a thing as not enough exercise. You really want to be moving in any sort of way possible. Um, do you have any suggestions of how to have a healthier relationship with exercise without going to the extremes? Yeah, of course. Everything that I, line, that I outlined today um, about, you know, taking the little, little steps. Um, especially in the beginning, so like limiting your workouts to 30 minutes, you know, two to three times a week. And then also looking at what phase you are in the menstrual cycle and choosing the exercise that aligns with you. So for example, if you like walking, right, maybe do like a walk, walk and run during your follicular phase. And then you can choose to do like 
slower walks or gentler walks preferably like not in the afternoon sun but like in the morning um, during your menstrual or your luteal phase for example so that's really easy how you can even modify your walking um, routine to suit the different phases um, you know and if you're ovulating for example and if you still like walking yeah just do the walks but then you know every maybe after every mile do some squats, right? Or like right before you leave the house or before you enter your house again after your walk, find a space and do some squats or go into your house and before you sit down or do anything or shower or whatever, do like a really like simple strengthening exercise like 10 push-ups, you know, 20 squats. Um, you can do some jumping jacks, for example. So there are a lot of things here that you can start to interject. You can use walking as the main thing, right? But you can try to modify around that. And I love that idea. And also, um, you know, if walking is your main thing, you can walk during your menstrual, your menstrual, uh, your menstruation phase. But you can also incorporate stretching after that because usually when we're menstruating, we tend to feel a little tight or like a little bloaty or crampy. You can do a light yoga for that to help with like stretching on your hamstrings, for example, or your lower back. Right? A lot of us have lower back problems, um, and actually walking will really help you get rid of the lower back problems and anything that gets you away from chronic sleeping will help. And the last question you had was also, do you have any tips for people who don't like going to a gym? So yeah, like I don't think like, you know, after the whole pandemic, I really don't think you need a gym anymore unless like, you know, your gym is specifically like, you know, for climbing or anything like that. Um, and I say that because, you know, I climb in a gym. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, if you don't, want to go to a gym you don't have to go to a gym there's so many things there's so many ways to work out you can look out dance videos on youtube you can do like you know like everything's on youtube right now right like really free you can use like apps and stuff um i think for me i will also you know find activities that you can do with other people so going for walks with other people like your friends your neighbors whatever um if you have a dog like dog walking is the best right um, you know, just do some uphill. So you can also do like um, activities that get you outdoors, like, you know, playing frisbee or like um, going, you know, playing tennis, any kind of team sports, like that could be something. Um, I know my friend started horse riding, which is spectacular. Another friend, she started like stand up paddling again, now that it's getting warmer, like, like things like that, like things that are out of, you know, just I need to go to a gym so I can do squats. Or I need to use my resistance bands. Like, try to change it up a little bit, you know? Um, and, you know, for me, for example, I change it up a lot. Like, I, I used to climb a lot. I used to do bar. Um, I don't do them anymore, but although I am getting back into climbing, but I do a lot of, like, my strength and my intensive training during my ovulation phase. And then during my luteal and my period phase, I do a lot of walking. Um, not backpacking or anything like that but like long gentle walks or i'll do yoga yoga is my daily thing anyway and even the yoga itself i would tend to switch it up so if i say yoga is my main activity i will do a lot of like intermediate vinyasa flows in the follicular and ovulation phase i can do all my inversions there my hip stands whatever but in my luteal or my you know my period phase i would you know do a lot of yin yoga i would do uh, more meditative stuff I would actually just kind of lie down and do like yoga nidra or something like you know really really different things like even choosing one activity you can modify that so much and you know trust me if you are looking to lose weight 
you'll definitely see some pounds starting to shed off because for one thing, there's no pressure there for you to work a certain way or get to a certain standard just so that you can lose weight because that is bullshit. Um, a second thing is your body feels more safe and more relaxed. So it's able to be able to be like, okay, I don't need to hold on to this amount of fats anymore. Like I can probably let it go. And obviously, you know, exercise is not only the main thing. If you are able to get high quality sleep, you know, get your peace and joy in, get like creative juices flowing. If you're eating well, um, that is going to be the ultimate fundamental base to help get your hormones in balance. And also for you to, let, to lose weight. Um, and also, you know, Renata, you're going to be, you're actually going to be joining my beta program. And for those of you who did not know, I haven't released this yet, but I'm actually releasing a little bit more slots for my beta program next week. So if you have not, if you're still kind of sitting on a fence or you want to learn more about it, you can always ask me. But Renata's going to be joining into my, my, uh, my beta program and we're definitely going to be talking a lot more about this. Um, definitely going to customize it for you. Um, so don't worry about that, Renata. I got you. Okay, so I think I answered all the questions about exercise and menstrual cycle today. If you always have other questions, just feel free to pop them in the comment box below. Um, I'm a little sorry if, you know, I tend to be a little um, slow in my words today, not getting the words out. Definitely a little lower energy. But um, I'm definitely going to do a yoga routine later on, right before I jump on again for the sleep challenge video later on. Um, and if you haven't signed up, you know, you can always sign up still. I, I can post a link into the comments box. Um, and that is all for today. Let me know, you know, what kind of exercise that you do. And if you actually have heard about, you know, modifying your exercise according to your menstrual cycle. And has that be working for you or not? Otherwise, I will see you next week.